Our text for this evening's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words of Jesus. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, cultures are groups of people who share the same values or beliefs. Tonight we hear Jesus, how he reveals some aspects of the uplifting culture of the kingdom of God. It's about healing, humility, and hospitality to the undeserving. Now, this is in direct conflict with the culture of the lawyers and the Pharisees spoken of in our text. Theirs is a cancel culture that has to do with helping yourself, arrogance, and giving only to people who can return the favor. Now, by coming to church this evening, you have entered into the healing humble, and hospitable culture of the kingdom of God. That's what happens when you enter into worship, into the place where God serves us and connects us with him and one another through the forgiveness of sins. You see, worship is distinct from the other things we do, even like when we do Bible studies or or talk about the scriptures, and and so forth. Jesus says when we gather in his name to hear his word, to celebrate his feast of victory, that he's here, that he's actually among us, as he promised. That you've entered into, in this place, the culture of the kingdom of God, because Jesus is actually here And he comes to bring healing. So where is this place? Well, it's not the building that makes it. It's the name and word of God. And it's the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And our Lord just opened the door, didn't he, for you as you confessed your sins and his forgiveness, his was declared to you through me. He opened the door to you to this this culture of healing, humility, and hospitality. Now, the culture of the church is actually shaped and formed by the healing balm of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This gospel doesn't just tell us about Jesus. It delivers Jesus. That's what he says. His word gives and bestows what it says. Let there be light. There's light. This is my body. This is my blood. It's his body and blood. Just like when he said to the paralytic, get up and walk, and he walks. That's the gospel that actually brings healing. And you heard in the one hymn already, and you'll hear in another hymn about the word balm. Kind of an interesting word, B-A-L-M. A balm is used to heal wounds, right? 
I mean, some of you have used lip balm. My wife doesn't leave home without her Carmex, right? It, and what, is, what does it do? It, it, it heals. It brings healing. Now, the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, it soothes the wounds that are inflicted by those who, like the lawyers and Pharisees of our text, live by the gotcha culture of the world. What do I mean by that? Well, look what they're doing. In our text, the Pharisees were seeking to destroy Jesus' credibility. They saw him as a threat to their power, so they wanted to get rid of him. And notice how it says they were watching him carefully, looking for him to make some sort of mistake that they could hold against him and and get rid of his credibility. Now, he knows what's going on. He's God. He's Lord. And so he just throws out a question. He says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And did you catch what they said? They didn't say anything. Because they didn't want to commit to anything. They had no convictions. They were just looking to get rid of Jesus. A gotcha moment. Um, but before we're too hard on the, the Pharisees, captive to the way of the world, we often do the same thing, don't we? To each other. We do it to people we don't know as a way of uh, keeping them away. We do it to even our loved ones. We find ways to condemn them, to find a gotcha moment and so that we can see, see, that's why I don't want anything to do with this person, right? We all do it. It's our default position since the fall. And doesn't it seem that social media has just ramped this up? Just finding anything? And I like to tell people, if you're looking for faults in your pastor, it won't take you long. <laughs> but it won't take long for any of us, right? We're going to find that we're all imperfect. And we all want to benefit ourselves, even if it means that it's at the expense of others. Now, Jesus exposes their evil plans, right? What he does first when he asks that question and they they don't answer, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? He just goes and heals this guy of his dropsy. He heals him. Now, for those of you who don't know what dropsy is, it's actually, uh, in today's terms, we would call it edema. It was, you know, where the, the body takes in too much fluid and then and then your limbs, your, your arms, and your legs, they just they get bloated, and then the skin breaks, and, and there's infection and all of that, and, and there's a need for healing, right? Healing balm, right? And the Pharisees would consider that guy with dropsy to be unclean. You know, he must have done something that made him like this, and he's undeserving. In fact, he didn't, they didn't think it was just like, right for him to be anywhere near them. Ooh, right? But Jesus heals the man, and it's the Sabbath. He heals him. And then he throws this question at them. He says, all right, if your son or an ox, your ox, falls in a well on the Sabbath day, do you lift him up right away, even though it's the Sabbath? 
And did you hear how they answered? They didn't have an answer because of course that's what they would do. Of course. But they don't answer because they want to get Jesus in a gotcha moment, so-called breaking one of their laws. But you remember what Jesus said about the Sabbath? He said, man was not made for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. Tonight, this is made for you and for me so that we might receive the healing balm of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we might be restored in our relationship to him and, and with each other, that we might be equipped to be instruments of his healing to others. This is a, a Sabbath made for you, a place where the great physician of both body and soul comes to restore your relationship with him and each other. And again, he does this through the forgiveness of sins. I asked yesterday, and we had a lot of little ones at, at the picnic, and in fact, there was a kid right in front. I, I said, anybody, have, any of you ever heard of Neosporin? Yes. And, and a little kid lifted his leg, and he had a sore, and he goes, yeah, right here. Right here. Do you know what? I looked it up. Neosporin, it does two things. It helps to keep infection away, right? But one of the things I've, I thought that was interesting is that it keeps the wound moist so it doesn't harden, right? And think about how the, the healing balm of the gospel keeps our hearts from hardening toward each other when things go bad, right? It, 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 it warms our heart. It, it moistens our hearts so we don't have hard hearts to each other and it moistens our hearts in such a way when we're tapping into the love and the grace of god and jesus christ that it even leads us to go so far as to love our enemies to even do good to those who hate us right you tired of the gotcha culture Jesus comes today with healing, with healing, so that our relationships can be restored, so the wounds that we've caused in one another can be healed. Now, the culture of the church consists also of those who humble themselves before God and, and others. That's the second part of our, our text, the next paragraph, right? It is countercultural to the world because it stands in stark contrast to those who, like the lawyers and Pharisees of our text, arrogantly exalt themselves over others. Jesus noticed how they chose, right? How they chose the places of honor for themselves. And he wasn't doing this to have a gotcha moment with them. He was doing this to help them. He's saying, don't, don't do that. Because then what's going to happen, the host is going to come to you. Someone else more distinguishes you than you is going to come. And then the host is going to say to you, you know, no, that's not your seat. You go down there and you have to take the lowest place. And you and shame walk down to the lowest place. And then, and then someone else is honored in, in, before you. He said, instead, take the lowest place. So that when the host comes, he comes and says, hey, friend, come up higher. And you'll be honored before all. 
And then he says these words, which you've heard before, but he says, he who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Now think of this. What did Jesus do? He humbled himself by becoming one of us. God takes on human flesh. And not only that, he humbles himself even more by taking on our sin and death, even death on a cross, right? He gives everything to us. But then what happens? He rises from the dead. He's exalted by God so that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's where Jesus is at, right? So what does this exalted one do, this host of this meal? He comes to you with healing, and then he says to you, friend, come up higher. And it's not just, you know, a seat here better than one person or another. You know whose seat he gives you? His. Everything that belongs to him now belongs to you. That's how God works. That's what he gives you today in this place. He comes to exalt you, to make you his saints, children of God, to love you with an everlasting love. It's a culture where God himself and Christ humbles himself before us, and in turn, we humble ourselves before him and others. I don't know if you realize this, that as pastors and teachers here at Trinity, we're not here to lord it over you. We're here to serve you. Now, granted, there are times when we have to repent. And by the way, you, when we're not doing that, you need to call us to repentance because we're no different than you. We fall short of the glory of God, right? But we're here to serve you. Our, our teachers are here to assist parents and in teaching the children in our school. We're not here to hide things from parents. We work with and for the parents. As pastors, we do too. And we're transparent about that. I don't know where it came from where someone else is charged to take over for parents. That's a fourth commandment issue. But we're here to serve. You have entrusted parents, your children, to us. So we work with you. We are extensions of your love and your care for your children. Finally, the culture of the church is hospitable in its dealings with others. In this culture, Jesus himself is the host of the feast that, that creates a community of grace, of mercy, and of peace. He invites to his feast the crippled, the blind, and the lame, along with all those who have nothing to offer except their sin and death. And that's all we have to offer here as well. He doesn't invite the rich and famous. He doesn't invite those who are <clears throat> make a name for themselves. No, he invites sinners to this place because it's the hospital. The church is like a hospital where God has mercy on us. That's who's invited to this meal. You want forgiveness? Here it is. It's for you. It's not for those who think 
They don't need anything or anyone. And then think about it this way. Is there anything you can do to pay the God who created you back? The God who suffered and died for you on a cross? Who was humiliated so that you could be exalted? No. And that's who he gives all of these blessings to. To you. And to me. And to all of us sinners. Jesus' hospitality is about bringing us poor, miserable sinners into the kingdom of God to know the joy of life as he created and redeemed it to be. So in the words of the hymn writer, Jesus comes today with healing, knocking at your door, appealing, offering, offering pardon, grace, and peace. And you with nothing except your sin to offer to him, you respond this way through the hymn writer. On my tongue his pledge receiving, I accept his grace believing that I taste his love divine. Now have I found consolation, comfort in my tribulation, balm to heal the troubled soul. God, my shield from every terror, cleanses me from sin and error, makes my wounded spirit whole. That's what he's doing for you right here and now. This is the healing, humble, and hospitable culture of the kingdom of God. Welcome. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen.